Welcome to the Listen Money Matters Podcast, where we always say, be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. For more information, visit listenmoneymatters.com. And now, here are your hosts, Matt and Andrew. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Listen Money Matters, the podcast. My name is Matt, and I'm here, as always, with Andrew. Andrew, how are you, sir? Awesome, dude. Awesome. How, are you? how you been, man? Good. Good. <laughs> Good. I just spent $550 on a friggin' plane trip to Orlando for one night. I know, and you're not even going to Disneyland. Not even, no. I'm just going for an overnight stay to do a, a presentation on social media, and uh, then I'm gone. Like, I literally, I fly in on Thursday, I sleep over in the hotel room, do my presentation on Friday afternoon, and then go right to the airport, and it was 550 bucks because what I didn't know is that uh, March... Going to Orlando in March is uh, expensive because everyone's going to Orlando in March. <laughs> so that's what's you, going on. You got to go peak season, right? Yeah. Pay for your hotel, not go to Disneyland. Oh, absolutely. It, it's it's like you're like a hipster, dude. It, like your whole trip's ironic. Yeah. I don't even get to see Harry Potter. I'm like, fuck Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter's in Disneyland? Harry Potter World is in Universal Studios. Really? Like, yeah. I, I I had no idea. Yeah, my friend just got back from there. Him and him and his family went. Was it magical? I don't know. He said he got butter beer. He said it was really good. Hmm. I have to try it. I guess when I go down there. Anyway, I guess it's a Harry Potter thing. I, I don't, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I've like, I've seen like the first three, and then I stopped. But yeah, yeah, same basically. All right. Well, okay. So today uh, we're going to talk about uh, something that you and I created together, but mostly you. Uh, and we're gonna, and it's called the average investor's commandments, and not to, um, you know, highlight any religious overtones, but it's just basically ten rules that you follow. investors should live by. Yeah, you follow these rules, right? Yeah, I think. Do I? Do I follow these rules? Um, you you follow some of them. You're you're still in the early stages. Of investing. Oh, so I, yeah, we might as well mention. It. I don't know if we mentioned this on another podcast or not because my brain's mm-hmm. fried. But I started a Betterment account. Woo! <laughs> About time, dude. I know. I had to yell at you like weekly, daily. I know. Oh, I, I put uh, two grand in up front, and then I have five hundred dollars going in every month, and I'll probably adjust that as time goes on. Badass, dude. That is how you do it. That, that's how you do it. But I am, I am obsessively checking it. Okay. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, I understand. When, when I first started investing, I also did. And, you know, for me to tell everyone to not is kind of like, like, I, I mean, look, you, you eventually got to let it go. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. I'll eventually get tired of me not seeing a huge increase in money. You're like, today I made $20. Today I lost $10. Yeah. I lost five more dollars. Then I made $30. You know, there was a day. There was a day I made $25 and I was like, oh. And then the next day I was like, minus 14. I'm like, yeah, I should probably stop looking at this. (laughs) But so we, we, there's also uh, with this average investor commandments. Uh, it's part of a post that we just uh, launched called The Introduction to Simple Investing, which is a brilliantly written post by Andrew. You did a very good job. Thanks, man. And it's very long. And it's actually <laughs> one of the few posts that you've written that I've actually read like cover to cover <laughs> or blog post to blog post. It's, yes. It's, it's super long. It's super good. Uh, it's inspiring. It's like cut the bullshit. You know, stop trying to be a day trader. You're right. It's like yeah. It's basically like it. It tells it to you straight. It's cool to like, be average. Yeah, because it's really profitable to be average. It's hip to be square. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know why, but that made me think of Gumby. Gum too hip to be square. Because I, I don't know. Wasn't his weren't his enemies like the square heads or something? Oh, the blockheads? Blockheads. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Damn blockheads always ruining the party. Anyways. And that's what Lucy called Charlie Brown. A blockhead? A blockhead. Huh. And his head was round. I never understood that. Anyway, so uh, we're going to go through these commandments one by, by the one. Way, I just want to oh. totally side rail it again Yep. Derail and just say thing. I searched Google images for blockheads because I just want to make sure I was right. Mm-hmm. And it's a travesty 
but um, the the first like million pictures are all um, Minecraft. Uh, I scroll like way down, and then I find the blockheads mm. G and J. Hmm. But uh, anyways, yeah, one day you're gonna have to describe Minecraft to me. I don't play video games or any games whatsoever, and I, I keep friend, hearing about it. Dude, I have a friend who's like in it. And like he like records video, he does like videos of how he makes his bases and shit. He has a Minecraft. He's like super into it. Yeah, you already blew my mind. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I understand it. It seems like it's very time consuming. Yeah, so that's a whole nother topic for an episode <laughs> not on this podcast. <laughs> Minecraft, yes. Right. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna go through uh, the commandments. I want to say what they are, and then I want you to elaborate. Deal. Okay. So are we? Are we? By the way, are we? Going through the list first, and then, or you're going to say it, and I'm just going to... I'm going to say the commandment, and then you're going to elaborate on the commandment. And give Deal. Me, and maybe we can come up with some examples on what this all means, or what these cool. commandments mean, and how to put them into practice. Absolutely. And I just want to say, like, these are, like, super important. Like, if you can get these commandments and, like, take them into the core of your being, like, you will do fine. Like, you will make money. You yeah. just have to... Yeah. Anyways, let's go. All right. So the first one is think long term. Yeah. So uh, th- this is like the whole day trader thing. I mean, look, the guys in Wall Street and I worked for uh, two different banks. Um, they have tons. I'm a data guy. There is ridiculous amounts of data. And there are like some of the smartest minds like analyzing this data and coming up with decisions like, you're not going to compete with these people. They have more information than you. They have more people working on it. And they're probably also smarter than you. Hmm. So the, the trick is to not compete with them in these daily, weekly, or monthly fluctuations, but look long-term. Because long-term, the market always goes up. I mean, since the market has existed, and if you go to our post, you can kind of see we did a little graph. Um, you know, Productivity goes up. So the market goes up. It's just just how it works. So if you think long term, you will win. If you try and buy and sell trends, you know, uh, get in on like market fluctuations, like your Wall Street will take your money. You're gambling at that point. Yes. And this is not. And we're not talking about gambling with your money on Wall Street. You can do that at the casinos. Exactly. Because it's probably more fun. Well, it's absolutely more fun at the casinos. Yeah. Yeah. Because at least the dealer talks to you and like And there and there's wheel spins and there's uh there's cards. Free drinks. There's free drinks. Yeah. When you when you lose money or when you play Wall Street, you know, and you try to win, there's just depression. (laughs) (laughs) Depression and suicide. That's right. right. (laughs) Not funny, but we're laughing. No, no, suicide's (laughs) not funny. But um so as like and 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 is there any benefit to doing short-term investing? Is there any type of like investments that are short-term that are good? Um not that I think anyone listening to this podcast uh can make use of. Like well, you you literally have to be full-time at it and really 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 understand like I know a guy like a, he's like not I wouldn't call him a friend, he's like acquaintance. Mm-hmm. He uh day trades oil. All he does all day is stare at oil graphs and buys and sells constantly all day. That's it. Hmm. He'd one thing he could specialize in because it takes so much time and knowledge. I think it sounds pretty boring and he's not super wealthy. He makes money, you know. Mm -hmm. I I think day trading is is not for most people. But with day trading, you have to have like a big lump sum of money to, to play with, right? Or else it's not even worth it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you could day trade and maybe you'll make a couple hundred bucks, but you'll work your ass off and you'll have ulcers from the stress. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So that's a good first commandment. I think it's the best commandment. Yeah. And then by the way, we we tried, I think, to order them in terms of like importance and or things that are are important before the next thing. Like you need to understand one item before before you move on to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. So the second one is invest what you can afford. Yeah. So uh the the thing is like you're investing long term. 
excuse me. And um, you, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> you're investing long term, and you um, you don't want to pull money out of your investments. You, the the goal is to put it in there and let it work. Let it let it marinate. Yeah. yeah, make you money. So if you put your money into an investment and then rent comes due and you have to pull out or you know, you need to buy food or sell or you want to redo your kitchens, so you pull out money. You this constant in and out of the investments uh is is undermining your success. And it, it costs money to pull money in and out. Exactly. You know, and with something like Betterman, it, you know, it won't cost you money that but, much. Uh, but the, the the point is is that you need to give it time to uh work for you. And if you invest more than you can afford, uh you're setting yourself back. Hmm. Yeah, because I, I, I wouldn't... Yeah, because people are afraid. I had a friend um, email me and say, like, how, you know, I'm afraid to put all my money into the stock market because what if what happens if I lose a lot of money and, you know, I need that money for some reason? I said, well, then don't put that money in the stock market. Exactly. And you know what? Like... I, I put the vast majority of my wealth in the market. But you know what? If you're not uh, comfortable with it or whatever, put like 5% of your wealth in. Put like 1% of your wealth in. Okay, so uh, that brings me to an, a thing I had. Um, I read a book called The Richest Man in Babylon. Have you ever read it? No. It's like an old school book about personal finance but told through like fables, you know? That actually and, sounds really cool. Yeah, it's it was good. It's it's like interesting to read because it's like you know a sheep herder walks up to a guy who sells fish and you give him you know whatever. Uh, so it's told like in basic trading, you know, um, stories. And the the common theme through the whole book is pay yourself first, right? Mm. So I think the book kind of uh, alludes to it being around ten percent of you whatever you make. You should that that should be your money first. Like instead of you know paying your bills and whatever, like that ten percent is is you pay yourself, and and what you do with that money is you save it, right? And right. by and when we say save, we're saying save it into an investment account so that that money is then making you more money, and then every time you get paid and you're putting away that ten percent, you're just adding more money to this this pile that's you know churning and making you more money. So do you think 10% is a good number or does it vary from person to person? So um, I, I talk about this a little bit in the, in the Mastering Mint book. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like one of the last chapters. I, I feel really strongly about um, early retirement and the, and the approach to it because it's very simple math. And at the end of the day, like 10% is great because 10% is better than 5%, which is better than 0%. But at the end of the day, it it's really uh, the amount that you save, like the, that percent reflects on how soon you'll be able to retire. Like that that is the the most important number is the percent that you save. And I have a chart and I'll t in the Mastering Mint book, and I don't have it pulled up now, um, but it'll tell you if you save fifteen fifty percent of everything you make, you can like literally retire in less than twenty years. Hmm. Like I think like less than. Uh, 15 years but 10 percent is a great start I, like i don't want to belittle 10 percent yeah but obviously you want to do it as as much as possible so what about I me mean, all right so i made you watch a documentary on netflix and i don't even know if we talked about this yet on the podcast we didn't okay um and i loved it it yeah. was called inequality for all yeah robert wright he was um the head of labor head of the department of labor for bill clinton and right. it's documentary, and it's about the uh, wealth gap in America. Mm -hmm. And there was he was interviewing these uh, cup this couple, and they you know one guy said he had fifty dollars in his checking account, another couple said she had like negative forty dollars or whatever the case is, uh, and they said like they just did not have enough money after they paid all their expenses to save anything. So, what do you say to somebody like that who who I know because there's a lot out there. Who say mm -hmm. this count sounds great? Like pay yourself first. I get it. It's ten percent, not a big deal. But yeah, it kind of is a big deal. I mean, for me back in the day, it was. You know, to me, I I used to say to myself like, 
I can't afford 10%. Like, I can't. No, I got to pay the bills. I got to I gotta buy cap guns at Walmart. I don't have time for this. Yeah. So, look, um, I'm, I'm sitting here now, and uh, I've learned and I've executed, like, a lot of these strategies. And so my situation is not back against the wall like some people. Yeah. Um, but I have been there. I started with nothing. Nothing was given to me. And um, I think that regardless of your situation, except for maybe like the most extreme situations, um, there is fluff and there is waste. And if you are stuck and you're having real problems, the easy way is just to give an excuse and you don't make enough money and it's just not fair and blah, blah, blah. But most of the people it doesn't apply to, uh, most of the people that doesn't apply to, you, you need to, if you're really tough, I mean, I mean, you're in a really tough spot and you really want to get out of that spot and you want more, you have to be militaristic about how you are with your expenses. Maybe you won't make any more money, fine. Because making more money is one half of the equation, the other half is expenses. And I think uh, in the end, like you're actually a great example of being militaristic with your expenses because you went through some ridiculously tough times and you slashed your expenses to, to shit. Yeah. Like, and you have had like a great comeback because in the end, like, you know what? If, if you're not making any money and you're really have a tough time and you can't afford whatever, like, dude, sorry, but you, you can't afford to pay $100 a month for TV yeah. because you're in a tough spot. You should sit there and stare at a, a wall or do something. Sorry, I'm going to go on a huge rant. No, but like, I know. Really, well, I had. To, I mean, I gave back my BMW. I said I yeah. can't afford this. It's just you don't stupid... even live in the house that you own. No, you rent it out. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, I mean, like you, uh, you, you understood your the direness of your situation, yeah. and you changed. You, you made. Most people don't like it's. It's a lot of. Uh, I, like, I will admit, though, it's a big, huge blow to your ego when you have yeah. to, when you give that stuff up. I mean, it wasn't easy. But I just thought, like, um, you know, well, I mean, I don't have to go on this whole thing. You know, money is one thing, and you need it to survive in America, right, for, mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, but I just wanted to be happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the BMW didn't make me happy. The house itself didn't make me happy. Just being alive really is the only thing that's important. So, mm. like, the worst <laughs> case scenario, like, the worst case scenario is you die, like that to me is the yeah. worst case scenario where like you get like, you know, horribly injured or something like something to your health. Your health is like the, the most, most important, important thing. Yeah. Without it, there's really no point to like living. So I don't know. Like to me, that just I, I, I was very materialistic, like super materialistic. Like I bought everything. I had to have like every new Apple product that came out. And now I, you know, don't I don't I don't know. I just stopped. Mostly through education, but I don't know. I, I know not everyone can do that. And people even tell me like, well, that's nice that you can do that. You're single. You don't have kids. You know, you have you basically you know, stripped yourself down to just one thing, you know. Mm. Um, it's not that easy. I have a family to raise. And I can't give advice to that because I don't, you know, I don't have a family to raise. I have nobody who depends on me. Right, right. So, I mean, again, not to go into it- that whole thing, but. Yeah, I mean, I almost would want. I'm like totally. You pulled me in with this I conversation. Know. Now I want to like keep going, but like, look, we'll we'll get back to this. I just want to say that, like, I mean, I, I have a wife, um, so I, I have another person and that a cat. also, hmm? and, and a cat. And yeah. damn, she she actually does need a lot, but oh. she poops a lot, and the litter is not cheap. <laughs> uh, people don't know this. Huh. You do, <laughs> I don't even know if you know this. What I got rid of my dog. You got rid of your dog? Yeah. Did you know that? Did you know I had yeah, a dog? I think you, you told me you gave it to your parents or yeah. something. Yeah. And not, I don't even think it was because I couldn't afford it. I mean, it definitely wasn't because I couldn't afford them. I mean, I could definitely afford them. You couldn't spare the time to walk. Uh. That too. I was so busy with work. <laughs> but my parents, you know, one of their dogs uh, passed away and they have another dog. And that dog won a company and he liked being over there. And there's a yard he can play in where here there's no yard. 
My parents mm-hmm. were like, you know what? He, he should. He should. Uh, that's pretty big of you to be able to do that. Well, I mean, yeah. you still get to see him. So yeah, I still go over there. I mean, I just saw him today. So yeah, no big deal. But I mean, it's one less expense. I I cut that expense. I mean, I had to buy dog food. I had to get him groomed. You know, because he was a shaggy dog. Yeah. Um, if you can't provide for yourself, how can you provide for other people? I know. I can never yeah. have kids. Oh my god. Anyway, let's go to number three. <laughs> uh, number three is buy what you believe in. So um, I have a tough time with this one. Look, uh, I, I think a lot of people have a tough time this, with this one. I don't know like, if I believe in anything, like business. Dude, you you definitely believe in things. Like what? Give me an example. And what do you uh, mean? But what does this mean? It means like, look, uh, so, uh, you know, here I am. I'm, I'm a technology guy, you know, and I, I love Apple. Yeah. And I invested in them back when no one would invest in them because they were nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I invested in Tesla. I mean, those are two successes of mine. But I have a buddy who I've been talking to on Facebook through, you know, the site. He found it, whatever. And um, he's a music guy. And he knows lots about music and he's passionate about certain things. So we're working together to get him invested in things that he knows and understands and believes in. Because like, look, and I don't know much about music, but you know, there's how many guitars and you know, if you've tried them all, whatever, but you could say like, Les Paul is, is the best and they have this new thing and it's just, it's timeless and whatever. The company, the, the, the company's Gibson, by the way. Yes, that's, see, that's, that shows how little I know about, yeah. you know, it. but I guess the point is, is that I could sit here and I could tell you about, um, some technology company like Optimizely that's awesome and blah, blah, blah. But you know, you don't know about that. So you would, you would be a fool to invest in what I say because I could be wrong. And the, the, like the thing that protects you from following my mistakes blindly is your own brain and your own knowledge well like don't hmm? oh i'm sorry to cut you off but i i actually have a story which i've told before which is i was first time i ever invested was a guy at work uh he was an investor you know he played the stock market he read the wall street journal every day and right. he's like howard stern's moving over to Sirius satellite radio uh how could it not be a great buy he's like i'm definitely gonna buy some stock and I was like, that makes total sense to me. I, first of all, never listened to Howard Stern. I watched private <laughs> parts. It was about as much as I knew about Howard Stern. Um, so I go, yeah, that makes sense. So I went and bought Sirius Satellite Radio. Turns out the guy who gave me the information never bought any stock in Sirius Satellite Radio. So he wins. Uh, but I lost <laughs> a ton of money. And the, and the first thing I did was I invested. And I'm going to say I invested like $1,000. It wasn't a lot of money, really, really mm. at the time. Because uh, I was working, uh, but I mean it's a lot of money when you're you know younger. But anyway, right. uh, he, I went and bought satellite radio. I went and bought Sirius because I'm like, hey, if I'm investing in this, I better know what this is all about. So I had already invested into it, bought satellite radio for my car, and fucking hated it. <laughs> like <laughs> I hated satellite radio, and uh, it turns out it didn't work out. I also bought stock in Pandora. Because I'm like that makes sense. Then I started listening to Pandora, and I don't I don't like Pandora, which people are gonna think I'm crazy, but <laughs> I don't I don't like the commercials. I it picks songs that I don't want to listen to. I'd rather just listen to my own like iTunes library. Dude, invest and that's in the thing. You know what? Like, maybe you know I know you're a music guy, but maybe if you use like Spotify, and I hear they're tried going that very didn't, soon. I tried it, didn't like it either. No, nope. But, but I mean, I think that the thing is, is like, if you don't like it personally, like, how could you invest in it? It's like, dude, you go and you bust your ass and you make this money and then you're going to throw your money after something that you don't even believe in. Like, yeah. I think it's crazy. Which leads to the next uh, commandment, do your own research. Commandment number four. Yeah. Because look, you know what? Um, some dude told you about Howard Stern moving over to Sirius. Like, I don't know. Do you think people who listen to Howard Stern are going to buy Satellite Radio because they love him? Or do they listen to him because it's free and it's just on the radio? I didn't know. Yeah. I mean. Didn't do any research, quite frankly. uh, Yeah. I mean, like, is is Sirius profitable? At the time, they were not. No, they weren't. 
like all these things. It doesn't have to be. And, you know, I think I pose like a few questions in, in like the actual post. Well, you say, I mean, you say underneath it, you say, maybe you love bananas, but if you don't understand the banana business, you either figure out how it works or don't invest in it, which seems, and you know, you ask, is the banana business profitable? Are they innovators? Or are they just people milking an existing product? I, I don't yeah. know. I don't even because, like bananas. <laughs> so I wouldn't even, I would invest in bananas. It's a perfect example. I, I mean, it was an arrested development. It was, it was a shout out to oh, banana stand, banana business. Shit. You, know. you threw an AD homage in there. I didn't even That's know. That's right. Perfect. I love it. One of, one of the first posts on the blog has a picture of a banana stand and it's talking about, it's a common theme. Yeah, I do, I always throw I every every time I write something I always try to throw something from Arrested Development in it. <laughs> I watch it every night. It's the greatest show on television. We we have to we have Was. to watch the new season. We only like did like a piece of the <sighs> latest episode. I'm on first. the I I I've can I continually watch the show every single night for the last five years. So mm-hmm. every night before I go to bed, I watch like one or two episodes in order. So I've seen <laughs> the entire four seasons probably. I don't know, a hundred times over. Not even like exaggerating. Like when you get drunk, you just like become Tobias. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, but back to that. I mean, do your own research. It's something I never did, and now I know. I mean, if you're putting your money into something, well, okay, you should at least be personally confident that it's a good idea, not just like Jim Cramer said so and, you know. How do you do your own research? Where do you even begin? Um, like, what do you do? Google for the company and just read about it. Like, for example, uh, I invested in Tesla. Yeah. And uh, if you search Google, at the time I invested, it was like, oh my God, there are fires, the cars are like terrible, whatever. And um, I, it wasn't like I did the math. Uh, Elon Musk posted uh, something on the Tesla blog and he was like, guys, statistically, gas-powered cars are actually four times more likely to light on fire than Tesla cars. The thing is, gas cars lighting on fire is not news. It happens all the time. Yeah. But my cars that are new and fancy and whatever, they lit on fire like two times. Everyone's flipping out. And so when, when you think about it logically – after and, and I read his post, and everyone in the world read his post or whoever was interested, but the stock price didn't move. You know, it was still low. And I was like, you know, this guy is speaking logically. And I already liked the company, the you know, the CEO, so I put my money in. And you could it could be just like that and a gut, or you could go into details of like how much profit they make, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But you know, it's up to you. And I think that. You should go as far as you feel like you should go. And uh, in in the news today, Tesla is being banned by Chris Christie to be sold in New Jersey. Yeah, dude, I didn't Chris read about Christie. it. I just saw a headline, so I could I don't I don't know anything about it. And we yeah, are in he, New Jersey, and I don't like Chris Christie. And no, he's just a, I like Tesla. I uh, dude, I love Tesla. Elon Musk with he also has he found PayPal mm-hmm. and SpaceX, the first you know, uh, public, private company, whatever, to dock with the International Space Station besides NASA. Like, the guy's brilliant. Like, he knows how to lead engineers. I'm super bullish on his stuff, but Chris Christie, the only thing I'm (laughs) bullish on with him is, like, Twinkie consumption. (laughs) Yeah, he's very overweight. (laughs) That's, like, the only thing you could say about him besides that and Bridgegate, I guess. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, number five is... I like this one because it kind of – well, it's set it and forget it, mm. which is vague. But it's sort of like what I'm doing with Betterment. Like I need to just put money into it and like not think about it. Just yeah, let it do know, its thing. I, I sent this uh, list over to my dad before like we, we published it because I, I like to – when I have like interesting things, I want to see what he thinks, whatever. And, and he liked all of them, but he did not understand what I meant by set it and forget it. All right, so explain it. So, yeah, but I, I felt like we're just going to keep it anyways. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, <laughs> but I said it. The, the, the thing is, like, we have such limited time 
now. You know, we want to spend times with our friends and, you know, we got to work and we need to sleep and we just want to do all things and everything's pulling at our time. Uh, investing should not be one of the things, especially since we're not trying to day trade and we're looking long term. So I feel that uh, a key approach should be automation and, you know, automatically investing every month and letting your investments, you know, say in a betterment style, automatically rebalance. So you don't have to worry about it because um, you shouldn't and you don't have time to. So in a 401k where the money's just kind of automatically taken out of your check before taxes. Another perfect example. Yeah. Uh, or- Every time you get paid, it goes right into the 401k, a certain percent distributed into the funds, exactly like you said it, that one time mm-hmm. and never again. And uh, that's really important. That's a great way to save because it happens like when you're not looking. Yeah, it's all behind the scenes and you don't even know. And yeah. That's, yeah, I think that's the best because I mean, that's the way to trick yourself into saving that 10% because uh, even with Betterment, like I have Betterment set up to automatically withdraw $500 in the first of every month. And I mean, I'll know when it happens, but it's even better. Like when I actually had a job and I was getting paid, you know, every 15th and 30th of the month, uh, I would have Ally Bank just automatically withdraw $50 from my account on that day. And I had it set up so what, where like the, the money would be direct deposited and that $50 would be taken out. So by the time I looked at my account, it was already negative $50. You know what I mean? So I right, never right. really saw it. I never, it just kind of, it was almost like if I was getting paid, you know, $2,000 every two weeks, I would only see, you know, $1,950. And look, that's how it should be. Yeah. Why should you be bothering yourself with this? You think about it once, you set it up once, yep, and then you just reap the rewards in the future. And you can do that with any investment account nowadays. Right. Mo- yeah, most of them will accept that, like automatic deposits, whatever. Like, I'm a personal fan of Betterment, but Fidelity also supports it. So yeah, and I know ShareBuilder does, and I know 401ks, obviously. Um, mm. Which then leads us to commandment number six: constantly contribute. Yeah, so I mean, one thing you know, it's really important just to be investing um, constantly. But uh, one one of the things is like the market goes up, the market goes down, you know, then there's these concerns that when you buy, like, is it the right time? Is it too expensive? Is it, gonna, you know, if you invest on a consistent basis over a long period of time, uh, the, the technical term, and, I, and it's in the uh, article and infographic, it's called dollar cost averaging. And basically what happens is you wind up mirroring the market. So when the market's up and you buy it, you know, great. And when the market's low and you buy it, great. And when it's in the middle and as it goes on month to month or week to week, however frequently you do it, you basically mirror the performance of the market. And since we know the market performs 7% conservatively on average, that's what you can expect so it's not like you're timing it and you bought it at the peak in 2008 and then it goes down and you have to wait 10 years for it to fix itself. No, you've been buying all the way up, you've been buying all the way down, and then all the way back up again. And so it's irrelevant. Hmm. Remove the timing from the equation. Like I said, we're not day traders. This is not our full-time job. Just let it you know, work itself out. So the next one, and I like that. Because um, it just makes it's, it's just, it seems simple. And I was going to ask you about dividends. I was, I was thinking about asking you about dividends because. Please. Well, so Betterment, since I just started and I'm kind of mm. learning it, it's not really hard to learn. It's like, it's pretty easy. But it, it like, I got an email that said, we, oh, we paid you di- dividends. Mm-hmm. So is that money that just gets paid to me and it's like mine and it's like, it gets reused? Yeah, so um, Betterment will reinvest it for you mm-hmm. automatically. 
Um, if you did it on your own, you would have to decide if you wanted to be reinvested or not. And basically, a lot of these big, super profitable companies like GE or Johnson & Johnson or whatever, um, a percentage of their profits get distributed to shareholders. So you get a check. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. I didn't know. So you it's, get like, the gains it's like interest. Of, it, yeah. I mean, you get the gains of the stock and they cut you a check. So it's like you kind of, you're making money the whole time you own the stock. And if it's growing, great, you know? Yeah. Cool. All right. I just wanted to know that. Um, we're going to combine the next two because they're similar. So sure. number seven and number eight, which uh, are one full quote by Warren Buffett, but we wanted to split them into two because they are, they are two, op- they're opposite of each other. Right. And the first one is be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy when others are fearful. And you always say this. Yeah, I'm kind of obsessed with it because um, some of the best investment decisions I made was, look, I, I, I did make some bad investments um, at the peak of the market, but I've always had money set aside because I'm cautious and I don't want to be screwed. So when the market crashed, there were these killer deals, like deals that were not, I didn't think could even exist before the crash. And you get in cheap and you, I mean, you're at the bottom. Like yeah. it couldn't, it really can't go lower. It didn't, you know, so um, the, the thing is, is when everyone is making money and your neighbor's cousin who is an idiot and can't, and he's like, a, uh, I don't know. He, he cleans bathrooms at McDonald's. If he's making money in the stock market, you should be very concerned because uh, it's, it shouldn't be easy to make money in the stock market. Like You should have to buy and then wait long term. But if he's making tons of money month to month, I, I would pull out. Like Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. That guy was making bank quick because he was selling. Because he was cheating. Yeah, he was cheating. <laughs> he was being so, greedy. Yeah, exactly. So um, you you always want to be thoughtful, logical, and not emotional when you do this stuff. Mm. So um, I think if you keep that in mind, uh, you'll you'll be all right. So I probably should have kept Sirius Satellite Radio, huh? Hey, I mean, you only lose the money when you sell it, right? Yeah. You held on to it forever, I'm sure. I mean, they got bought by XM, blah, 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 right. I'm sure. Well, they merged, so yeah. Yeah, and then that, that goes back to one of the previous ones, like long-term, dude. <laughs> yeah, long-term, for sure. Um, here's one I don't really understand. So this one, uh, you're going to have to explain a little bit to me, which is number nine, find and remove frivolous fees. What fees are you talking about? So, um, you have a four, I mean, say you have a 401k and many people do. And I encourage people to have 401ks. Um, the reason that banks fight each other to be the 401k provider for a specific company. And the reason is, is because with a 401k, you get to choose from like 15 different investments. Like not the entire stock market, just 15 ones. And that company that, you know, uh, manages your 401k chooses those 15. Some of them are their own funds. Some of them are not. And what happens is almost all of these funds have really high fees and the company managing your 401k also charges a fee. So what happens is, if, if you blindly invest in your 401k, I almost guarantee, I, in fact, I, I actually guarantee you're paying more than 1% in, in fees because the, you know, maybe your the fund is 0.8% and that's actually really low. It's probably more than 1%. And, and the management company will charge at least half a percent. And, and in the post, we show a graph where if you only had 1% fees total, over the course of 30, 30 years, a fourth of the money that you could have made goes to the bank. So a quarter, you mean? 
Well, like one fourth, but yeah, twenty five percent. I okay. mean, it, and that's that's a lot because you think about it. So, you could have a hundred thousand dollars, but instead you have seventy five thousand dollars, and the only reason you have seventy five thousand dollars is because you didn't take the extra five minutes and look at the fees. Because and why would a bank charge fees? What are they actually doing? What are they doing? They're like, managing they- the funds. Managing your money. I mean, it's mostly automated, but um, why are they charging fees? Why do they charge you fees anyways? Because they can and because they get away with it and because most people don't pay attention. How do you avoid it then if if there's only 15 funds to choose from? So some of them do have lower fees. You Uh should focus on those. And with funds, they have to disclose the fees. Hmm. So – with something like a 401k, um, sure, you may be locked into to some things, but you could still minimize as much as possible. But on your own, if you're investing, is say, say you pick a fund, right? Like Vanguard, for example, they have like 0.15%, like not like m- almost nothing fees. Mm-hmm. Whereas like uh, Fidelity, and I actually love Fidelity, they may have like one point something percent fees. So- for similar funds, I, I would almost always go with Vanguard because it's it's more money in your pocket over the long term. Are there any fees? I'm sorry. Are there any funds that have zero fees? No. Okay. No, I mean, I, I Vanguard, as far as I know, is is by far the lowest. And so it really should say find and reduce frivolous fees because you can't completely remove them. So uh, unless yeah, you're talking about always. something else too. Hmm. Unless there's other places where you where fees are involved where you can remove them. Um like Yeah, I guess I guess you're there's always going to be fees. And I, I think the thing is like think think about do and I think we've talked about this before, but think about investing yourself versus investing in, in betterment. And and not to say that betterment is the be all end all and you must use it, but if you're investing on a consistent basis, like monthly, mm-hmm. and you're trying to diversify, you know, so you purchase multiple things each month, um, you could pay six dollars per transaction with something like share builders. So you may have four transactions per month. So six twelve twenty-four dollars a month you're paying just to do this, or betterment, you get the benefit of um, economies of scale because many people are doing this and they're investing in all behind the scenes for you. So they pass you a much smaller fee, 0.35% of your holdings. And so if you were trying to do what Betterment did, you could never compete because it would be more expensive for you. So a way to reduce it, I guess, is to, instead of going to index fund yourself, go through someone like Betterment. Right, because they're like a bulk buyer, basically. Yeah, it's like shopping at Sam's Club over Target. I guess they just have, yeah, they it, have bigger buying power. They then they pass the savings on to you. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Makes sense. Uh, and finally, the last one: diversify. <laughs> diversify your bonds. Yeah, that that's really important. Or actually, I think it's diversify your portfolio. Most your yeah. your bond portfolio. I don't know. Well. So you say if it can fail, it will fail. So yes. explain why – all right. And because there's uh, – to me, there's two different types of diversification. It's a tree, mm. right? Because diversification could be the very outer layer of just your existence. So there's you and and I guess another way to put it is don't is don't put all your eggs in one basket. So yeah. – uh, as a human, I would have a 401k if I had a job. I would have maybe a brokerage account where I would just trade it in stocks here and there. Like if I wanted mm-hmm. to buy Apple or Tesla or whatever or Sirius right. or you know, rent.com. Um, or I could have – and I could have my house, which is an investment. Mm-hmm. And I could have a Betterment account. Right. And I could have a Roth IRA for retirement. Where I'm right. bu- and then within each of those accounts, besides the home, because the home is one thing, um, each of those accounts, you can have multiple, you know, it, like for the, take example, the brokerage account. If I start an account with ShareBuilder, 
just because I wanted to trade stocks, just because I wanted to buy Tesla, just because. Yeah. I could buy Tesla, I could buy Apple, I could buy Google, I could buy, you know, RCA. I don't even know if that's a company anymore. Um, <laughs> I could buy like all these different companies and that is like diversification within diversification. Yeah, so um, I mean having different accounts – I mean, look, if you have all these, if you have your brokerage, your 401k and your IRA, mm-hmm. and you invest in the same investment across all three, like- That's not diversification. Yeah. So so I, I, the thing is, because 401ks are limited in what you can invest in, chances are it's not what you're investing in your brokerage, and Betterman's investing in index funds. And the thing is, like, I'm, I'm, I'm hailing from the technology side where no matter what we do, things always break. The hard drive fails. The server dies. There is an error in the code or something, and and it, I see it in life. Like there's always issues, and so you could um, have all of your money in this one house, and then the one in a thousand year tornado comes by, and your wealth leaves with the tornado. Or you could be a little smarter about it, put your eggs in multiple baskets. So if one egg breaks, one basket gets smashed. Whatever. You don't lose everything. You know, not to be a nerd or anything, mm. but when you put it in terms of servers, it can mm. it it like makes way more sense to me. <laughs> because I just look at like um you know, companies like oh man. Like if you had a website where you were selling stuff, right? You had an right. e-commerce website and you had hosted duplicate on four different servers. And then there and what do they call that? Uh, what do they call the box that before it enters in the server? Uh, oh, hold the on. load balancer. Load balancer. That's it. So basically, what it does is it kind of like serves up from all different boxes and, and divvies a load. Yeah. Yeah, and then but if one of those servers goes down, it, it like, automatically it, reroutes the traffic. Yeah, it reroutes the traffic, and your website's still available. You know, yeah. and and it and the more servers there are, like you have the you know the less chance of you know if and oh, you know what it also reminds me of, and I and I don't even know why I know this. Uh, planes, you know, planes have like um, four engines and also other like fail safes on top of that. So like, if one of the engines blows on a plane, the plane still flies. If yeah. two of the engines blow on a plane, it still flies. If you know three what? engine problems happen, imagine if yeah. People- Plays be falling out of the sky all the time. They had like one engine, then they put all of their faith in that, just this one engine working. But it, that's what happens sometimes. And then, but, it, they, but then they have a backup engine that like never gets used or something. I, I like my friend was telling me there's a bunch of fail safes because he was used to be like used to work on uh, military aircraft. So he said that was like he's like, dude, it's like kind of impossible for it to happen. Like mm. it's just there's so many different you know, and there's got to be because like. These are people's lives on the line or livelihoods on the line. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess. Or websites. Or you know. websites. Yeah. <laughs> so just that idea of not putting all your eggs in one basket like I did with Sirius and hoping that Howard Stern, you know, takes it to the next level and he doesn't and I'm out, you know, $1,000. I could have bought maybe like $100 in Sirius, maybe $200 in something else and $400 here. And then if yeah, and then if Sirius went down, you know, like fine, cr- you lose your two hundred dollars, but you didn't lose everything. Right, I didn't lose everything. Right. Although with a house, me- I mean, with a house, it's like how many? You know, you can't own like multiple houses. I mean, I guess you could, but I, I'm good, for you. <laughs> good for you. Good for you. If you have multiple houses, like yeah, my house in Oklahoma got hit by a tornado. Ah, it doesn't worry. I got like fifty more houses on the, across the United States. <laughs> okay, Mitt Romney. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, Mitt. <laughs> so that's that's all 10 commandments and to uh reiterate and go back through them uh number one think long term number two invest in what you can afford number three buy what you believe in or buy what you know mm. and feel comfortable in buying uh number four do your own research number five set it and forget it Andrew's dad doesn't know what that means, but hopefully the rest of you guys do. <laughs> and now maybe if your dad listens now, he may know what it means now. Hopefully clarified, yeah. yeah. Hopefully clarified. Uh, number six, constantly contribute. Number seven, be fearful when others are greedy. And number eight, be greedy when others are fearful. Number nine is find and remove frivolous fees or find and reduce. 
mm. frivolous fees. So go after the the funds out there that have the lowest fees. Just and that no reverts back to do your research. You know, right, right. And then finally, diversify your portfolio. <laughs> do it. Spread that. Spread your wings as far as they will go, and don't put all don't put all your eggs in one basket. Exactly. So that's it for the average investor's commandments. Um, I hope you like them because Andrew worked really hard on coming up with them. And then I worked really hard on putting them in order. And then I worked really hard on making a graphic. And then I worked really hard on stealing the entire idea and making it my own. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, that's what happened. Uh, so, and also check out um, our most recent post. I mean, it won't be recent probably when this comes out, but it's listenmoneymatters.com slash introduction dash simple dash investing. And if you just go to the invest section of our website, it's the first uh, post that comes up and it's super good. You should totally read it. It's and there's it. much more than just the commandments. We go into detail on like all the basics. Yeah. And if it's you really want basics, to invest, yeah. sorry, and I'm saying like you really like it almost basically what you did is like try to like, like squash the fear in people. Cause I have that fear, you know, I still do. And my mom has like, she saves a bunch of money, but none of it's in the stock market. She just has it in a savings account. And look, Yes, you will make money, in, you know, and, and I, I really want people to read this. And you'll make money in a savings account, but over thirty years, you could ex- on on a thousand dollars, you could expect to make two hundred eighty one dollars in a savings account, but an investment account, you could expect to make six thousand dollars. Wow! So it's wow. like dramatic. But yeah. anyways, we we make the we set the basis for investing because the next one we're going to get into the the thick of it. Yeah. And uh, we're going to start making some money. And you know what? Uh, this is still under an hour, this conversation. And we have about 10 more minutes left until it is an hour. I have a few more sips of my drink. So, Do you want to just sip drinks for the rest of the 10 minutes? Sure, let me see. Yeah. That is compelling podcasting right there. <laughs> so it, um, is there anything like – I guess we might as well just stretch this – this bad boy out let's make it an hour mm. let's make it an hour so do you have um anything else out of this article that you wrote that you think is important to discuss or do you want to go back to discussing no let's not do that yeah so i'm gonna go out on a limb and say that everything in this article is important <laughs> to discuss but we'll do like a brief run through because you know what maybe you don't even maybe you don't can't read or you don't like to read <laughs> yeah or whatever um uh, the gist of it is I'm like, hey, guys, like you should be investing. And I basically break down like what does investing mean and why should you care? And I basically tell you that um, savings account, checking accounts are not investments. Um, and when you put your money in like a checking account and you get 0.5% interest per year, what is really happening is the bank is taking your money they're investing it, they're making 7% or more, and then they just give you 0.5%. So imagine, imagine that if like your sole job was to accept other people's money, make a ton of money on the back end, and then just pay them a little sliver of it, you don't even have to come up with the money. They give it to you. So that's what that's like the gist of banks. So the, whole, the beginning piece of the article is basically like, Take back the power, take back your money, and make the profit yourself. And you still need banks. You still need a checking account. Yeah, I mean, you still need banks, but you don't have to let them profit off your back. Why don't you profit and let them take their minuscule sliver? Let me ask. If you knew somebody that had, say, $25,000 in a savings account. I would would like – I would vomit, dude. (laughs) (laughs) How would you – how could you convince them or what would you say to convince them or even how would you tell them how much to – because they're – it's obviously in a savings account because either they don't know or they're mm-hmm. afraid. And I right. guess they could – they're interchangeable. So mm-hmm. l- like what would you say to that person and how would you get them to like – would you tell them, hey, um, instead of taking all $25,000 out of your savings account and putting it into a brokerage account and buying stocks and stuff – would you say, 
hey, take uh, you know five hundred dollars every month out of your savings and transfer it to a thing and make and keep it consistent. Would you tell them that? Yeah, absolutely. Because the thing is, one, I'd, I'd ask them like. What's the likelihood that you're gonna need that you're gonna need to withdraw this twenty thousand dollars next month for something important, mm-hmm. urgent, or purchase? And I'd be like, what about two months, five months, whatever? And then I'd be like, well, if it's just gonna sit there, you're not gonna use it. Yeah. Why don't you put it to work? You go to work every day. You wake up. You gruel through that stupid shit. Make your money. Do the same thing. Hmm. You know. And um, you know what? Uh, if you have twenty thousand dollars and you put five to work uh, and you leave fifteen in there, it probably won't make that big of a difference. You'll still have a lot of money available, yet you at least have some money earning for you. You should at least have some. Like to have none is just ludicrous. It's silly. Yeah, it's ludicrous. It's like a rapper. Well, let me ask this question. Um, what about that argument that I used to make? And I still would argue that I kind of make, which is um, I'm living right now. I'm alive right now, okay? Mm -hmm. And I made – somebody paid me $2,000. Right. Why wouldn't I want to like spend that money and and why would I want to take some of that money and say, "Uh, put it aside so that when I'm 60 years old, I have a lot of money when I'm 60? So, okay, it it is not only for when you're 60, but then I'd ask, why did you take the time to learn a skill? Why are you working on building these websites that will help people? For people in the audience, why did you go to college if you did? Or why did you do, you know. To make money. I mean, so, but you could die tomorrow. And you know what? The time you spent in college, you could have just been at a bar. And, you know, but instead you're in a classroom. And the thing is, is like when you apply that lot, that short term logic to your whole life, um, it, it sounds silly and it doesn't make any sense. Like, so if you're going to be long term with other things in your life, why don't you just go all in? Why don't you just be long term with everything? You know what? You could die tomorrow and the money's going to go away. But you know what? If it was your checking account or an investment account, what difference does it make? Like, you're still not going to be alive to use it, but in the hopeful chance that you are alive because you're going to try and be healthy and whatever, then you could buy that castle in Brooklyn or whatever you want. So, but what about, um, I don't know, I don't, I, you know, it's a hard argument to make because I'm thinking uh, I could take that $2,000 right now and go blow it on like beer, I guess. And that would be a great weekend. Spending like two <laughs> grand on beer in like, I don't know, Colorado or something. Like beer and weed and hookers. <laughs> just like for an entire weekend. Just like so, and kill but just like just go completely like ballistic. Dude. That would so, be super fun. So dude, you're drunk, yeah. you're high, mm-hmm. and you're with the hooker. Yeah, so I have she an convin- STD. She convinces you to get into the sex swing. Yeah. And somehow you break your leg. Okay. You know. And now you need to go to the doctor, but you spend all of your money on hookers and sex swings and pot. Well, all right. Well, so that's, now that's, you got this gimp leg. That's far fetched. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to be in a set. It's not going to go in a sex swing. That's not. I'm not going to do that. So new argument. <laughs> um, I'm all just right. saying, like, like what, like instead, like I, 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 I look. I agree. Pay ten percent. Like pay yourself first. I agree with that. Right. But what about the people who say like, well, fuck myself. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to pay myself. For, I am paying myself first by going out and buying an iPad. Uh, okay, I'll tell you what. So you, you're you very unique in that you have your own business and you're making money. And so you don't really answer to anyone. But there, I would say the majority of the people do have to answer to people. And I'll take an example. I'll give you an example. So I was talking on Facebook with this um, – Listener, reader, he loves you know what we do, and he's um, fighting the war in the Middle East. He's in the military now. Um, he's doing it now, and he's young, and he's able-bodied, and you know. But he's planning for his future. And the question is, is he planning for his future so that he can 
you know, go and chill with his family and whatever? Or does he want to be fighting until he's 100 or until, you know, as far as you possibly can? And I guess the thing is, like, do you want to work when you're 90? Do you want to work when you're 50 or 40? So it's, all, it's about the future, I guess, is the bottom line. Yeah, I mean, it's really like, look, um, if you don't, if you hate waking up for work now, you're going to also hate doing it tomorrow. And on, you know, next week. So, you know, why don't you put the pieces in place to, to stop the madness? Right. Okay. And maybe to do it sooner. The more yeah. You, the more I mean, it is about the future, but you'd be crazy to say the future doesn't exist. Okay. I like the way you wrap that up. <laughs> uh, so we uh, just hit the 60-minute mark. And good, because I have to pee All right, good, really gonna, bad. Good. Yeah. I don't, but we're going to close this thing out. Uh, thank you everybody for listening as always. Um, you know, please leave us a positive review on iTunes. That helps us out greatly. Download our episodes, go back and listen to some old episodes. They're fun. You know, they're just like this one, except shorter. Uh, and, uh, you know, check out, you know, listenmoneymatters.com and, you know, come and talk to us on Facebook. Come talk to us on Twitter. And, you know, we're just, we're, we want to, we want to talk to you guys. We want to have fun and we, we want questions and anything we can do to help. We will try. We will do our best. Yeah. And, and ask us questions. Talk to us. We will be answering your questions until it's like, we're physically unable to answer your questions because there's too many. Until our fingers are Bleeding. riddled with <laughs> arthritis and we can no longer type. Exactly. But then by that time, we'll have so much money invested that we can just like take off and, you know, go to Cabo for the rest of our lives. Right. There you go. Perfect. All right, Andrew, take care, my friend. Later, dude. Later. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us an honest review on iTunes. And for more information, visit listenmoneymatters.com. Peach out, home slice.